faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. Am I your co-host? Or or am I your co-person? I don't know. I was trying to think of something funny, but obviously nothing popped up. Co-pilot? Co-pilot, yeah. Cohort? Cohort. I think that's the word I was thinking of, cohort. But I kept thinking of like cohabitate. I'm like, that doesn't Uh, make sense at all. Colluder. Colluder. Mm -hmm. Collusion. Yes, it's uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.org. Mark Salcedo. <laughs> did I say I was writer for your entertainment corner? I yes, don't you think did. I did. Yeah, you did. I did? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, if you did, you just did right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Nobody believes me. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You have so much to look forward to. Okay. That's what I say. That's like, what you say? No, you fucking liar. <laughs> no, I do. Okay. I, I do, because, you know, we were always doing shit. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, you know, taking uh, pictures and stuff. We took pictures this weekend. That was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. way more fun than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. I just hope that when the world comes to an end, I can breathe a sigh of relief. Because there will be so much to look forward to. <sighs> you know, if if you didn't read that line... I would automatically think you were so full of shit. Because that's, that's, like, that's stuff you don't say to me. Actually, uh, I do see something positive in that. Oh, you see something positive in that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You want to know? Yeah. So when the world comes to an end, there's like different versions of the world coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard someone say in the last few years that people think the world coming to an end is like the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But the world has ended already multiple times. And we're still here. How do you mean? Um, like, can you relate to people in the, in the 1700s? Yeah. You liar. I got the plague once. You got the plague? <laughs> plague. <laughs> I got the plague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? No, yeah, I get like, There's saying. different versions like, of yeah. the world, and it ends, and then something mm, new starts. So you're saying, like, in a in a metaphorical sense? No, the, that's totally a, a real realistic sense of the word. Okay, I mean, I can make an argument against that, and I can say pieces of of the previous world still do exist, like certain structures or creatures. Well. Obviously not like creature lifespans, but we can say like maybe like sharks. Doesn't say like sharks can live up to like a thousand years or some bullshit. Yeah, but we're not still in like the Jurassic period or the Triassic period or all these where wherever the fucking sharks came from, they're not from our time. I don't know. They only exist in our time. I don't know. Bruce from Jaws might think otherwise. Anyways, the positive (laughs) thing, since you're always fucking narking on me for not narking, but complaining at me about my fucking i'm not complaining what's 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 the what's the, what's your phrase positivity is a slow moving poison <laughs> exactly 
Yeah, but I feel like lately you come down on me for not being positive, and then I feel like shit. No, I come down on you for not being positive enough. Mm. I need you to be extra positive. Sure. I'm tired of carrying all the positivity. So that's why I got back issues now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I feel like the positive thing in that statement is that finally, like, the bullshit has ended. Mm-hmm. And like a new beginning. So now there's a new beginning and people can actually be their true selves and like do what they want to do. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Okay. You know what? We'll examine that when we get into Donnie Darko. Because I, 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 I can still have an argument against that, but within the context of Donnie Darko. Well, yeah. Within the context of Donnie Darko, yeah. I sure as hell don't think that my view of that particular statement works. Yeah. Yeah. But on its own, mm. I like what I had to say about it. Mm, mm, mm. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, two E's in real. Or you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on iTunes so we could get noticed. Patches being a little whore for attention. Yeah, he's like, Big Boy wants me to pat him. I pat him. And he's like, he swats my hand like, No, not pat me. <laughs> um, our segments this week are. Everything, everywhere, all at once is our recent review. Our variety time is our coping mechanisms through entertainment. And our geriatric cinematic is 2001's Donnie Darko. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mark, what's the terpic? The terpic of the week is what universe is this again? Hmm? (laughs) 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 Um, You know, it's... it's it's kind of funny because like watching Donnie Darko, um, like I hadn't watched it, I hadn't watched this movie in years, and we'll go obviously we'll get more into like when we get to that section, but I kind of want to bring something up. Um, I watched Donnie Darko, and and Frank, the uh, editor at at uh, at the website I write for, um, he I, I tweeted about it and everything, and then like Frank saw it and everything. We we're actually like talking about Donnie Darko for like most of the next day. And he thought it was funny how I'm going through like some of these old movies that like he got tapped into at a, at an early age. Like Frank, I think Frank is maybe like what am I like 38? I think he's maybe like maybe six years younger than me. But like I feel like him and I were at the same level when we watched these movies at our like adolescent age. Or mm-hmm. our young adult age, because we were talking about this, and we we're talking about Rules of Attraction, which is a movie based off of, um, based off the book, um, and it's so weird because like Rules of Attraction, Donnie Darko, they're like two completely different movies, right? But like they get like realistic with like certain topics and subjects and shit like that. That really makes you sit down and go, hmm, that's kind of fucked up, but true at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then, like, as soon as I got done watching Donnie Darko, I got in this mood of, like, man, I miss watching movies that are just, like, that that just makes you just, like, really sit and think and just, like, really have you, like, focus on, like, a lot of things like philosophy and, like, astral projection and, like, time I feel like travel. we did that oh, two weeks in a row now because of Waking Life. Well, yeah, I know. that, And that's, and that, that's another thing. Waking Life kind of, Waking Life got into that as well, you know? And um, and we'll get in, and to a lot of, a lot of, to the extent uh, everything everywhere all at once kind of like taps into that as well which um when we were watching that movie i'm like i'm so glad i prepared this with donnie darko this is like a perfect pairing for this yeah. shit <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was i don't know it's just 
oh, and then there's this, and I was watching like Severance, which is like another thing that another is a Apple TV, um, an Apple TV Plus program that like kind of gets into the mindset of people who like work in offices and what kind of lives they live in. Like it just it just makes comment about like life that goes on like a deep theological level that. You know, I'm I'm just on this kick right now of like, oh, I don't watch like very like deep thought movies and shit. Nothing like that's pretentious. Like, I say like Inception. Oh like, yeah. Visually, it's visually it's great, but after a while, you're like, come on, really? Yeah, yeah. It gets like pretentious as shit, and that's the thing. Like Donnie Darko was something that was like not pretentious. It was just like, like uh, David Kelly was like, I have all these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, I'm sorry, Richard Kelly. I always get those names mixed up. Richard Kelly, not David Kelly. That's a producer. No, he's a director. You know, that's the year I went into high school. 2001? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that was your freshman year? Yeah. Fuck, that was like one year away away from me from graduating. Yeah, so you were two years ahead of me in school. That's creepy. No, it's not. Very. You're creepy. Yes, I am. You know what's not creepy? Me. <laughs> no, you are. What's well, not creepy? Our reason review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Then, yeah, it wasn't creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do our reason review that's not creepy. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mrs. Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. What's happening? Evelyn, I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. A whole time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all of their memories, their emotions. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. The synopsis is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she should ha- she could have led. Directed and written by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. It stars Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Su, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, James Hong, and Jamie Lee Curtis. So, funny thing to note, <clears throat> that synopsis, which... Gives a good explanation of the deets of the um, movie. The original like IMDb synopsis before like the before like the trailer came out. Mm-hmm. The synopsis was a woman tries to do her taxes. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was like, 
And the funny thing is, like, if I read that, if I read that, right, and then saw the directors and then saw A24, A24, I would have been like, that's a goddamn lie. <laughs> and actually, it's not a lie. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. It's a, it's a partial truth, like 2%. It's like a misdirection. <laughs> oh, not really. She does her taxes, kind of. <laughs> this other shit gets in the way. Um, does she get to do her taxes in the end? You have to wait till I know. To find out. I know. That's oh my god. <laughs> That'd be funny if that was the basis of the whole movie. Does she do her taxes? Dun, dun, dun. And then it just ends like, and we never know. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dan Kwan and Daniel. How do you say the last guy? Shiner. Shiner. Uh, the duo behind Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. which. I, I remember Kelsey and I watching this movie, and I was just like, what in the fuck is any of this? And you were sitting there grinning like, yes, this is my jam. <laughs> Come on, it has a farting corpse. I know, that's right? That's alive. Yeah, like, it's it's literally and like... he's the, a boat. Like, uh, what's, what's, what's the actors? Paul Dano literally uses... Uh, a cor- the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe character, char- Daniel Radcliffe's character, and uses it literally as a Swiss Army device <laughs> to get off an <laughs> island. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here talking about their latest venture. Um, Kelsey, what did you think of Everything Everywhere All at Once? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what did that one guy call it from the? Nerdpocalypse group called it oh, the eternal kung fu of the yeah the eternal eternal the eternal kung fu sunshine matrix or something like that yeah <laughs> uh go on uh I'm, I'm gonna see if i can try to find what that dude okay said. um so there's a few things that i really loved about this mm-hmm. michelle yo can really fit in any role mm-hmm. and she plays a lot of different roles in this movie yeah she did there's an interview that she did with i think it might have been entertainment weekly or variety and she was just like this is the role i've been waiting for my entire career and michelle has been acting for like 40 years i think Mm. and she's like this is the one that gets me yeah and she's like sorry actually started crying because she felt so like connected to when she read the script i'm like and, I, and I've been a fan of Michelle Yeoh for, like, years since I was, like, a teenager. Mm-hmm. So seeing her like this, I'm you know, people who don't know who don't really know Michelle Yeoh's, like, performances in her previous work, they might know her for, like, Crazy Rich Asians or, like, whatever. It's just like, yeah, this is Michelle Yeoh. How have y'all been sleeping on this woman? <laughs> um, she was so amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Her the the girl who played the lady who played her daughter, uh, Stephanie Sue, mm-hmm. she was kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, she um, she pulled off like so many different costume changes. Oh, absolutely! And yeah. she looked phenomenal in every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the the confident her, and then mm-hmm. the kind of pained her yeah the, the vulnerable side of her mm-hmm. um, okay don't mean to cut you off so the person from the apocalypse he said just saw eternal kung fu hustle of the spotless matrix <laughs> which is like yeah yeah that's, that's, accurate. A, that's accurate <laughs> actually we should ask him if we can use that for the title of the i don't know 
Okay, we're going to use it then. Yeah, public domain. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so also, everyone does a, a, a change in this movie. A few different changes. Yeah, there's... I think Michelle Yeoh is the one that did the most, but mm-hmm. the guy who played her husband... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ki... Ki Hui Kwan? Yeah, Ki Hui Kwan. Yeah, so Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Su, Ki Hui... Ki Hui Kwan and even James Hong. Uh, James Hong to an extent, but like... And even the, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and even Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, all these characters, like, all of these actors and actors and actresses, they're, like, firing on, on all cylinders. Because they're like, we gotta, like, change personalities, the way how we walk, the way how we talk and everything, and not come off as, like... Um, Trying like, too hard. Trying too or... hard and everything. And, and, and this room, this room, this movie gives them room to be foolish and silly with some of the, their stuff. So it fits within the realm of the story. Because it's, it's, it's a pretty fucking wacky story. It is. Um, he's such a fucking pussy when you first meet him. Mm-hmm. And his voice is really high pitched. Yeah. And then when there are times where you meet other versions of him and he's not like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, his um, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, his his performance, it's it's funny, his like character sh- change, um, during the movie, it reminded me, um, it reminded me of Christopher Reeves' uh, Superman, and you you probably don't remember. There's this one. Pic- I do remember. Okay, so the so the the honeymoon the the I guess the honeymoon scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. So there's this there's this particular scene um, for the folks who I mean I'm gonna go into detail about it. There's a particular scene that whenever I think of Superman, whatever like it's, it's like whenever I think of uh, Batman's voice, I hear Kevin Kevin Conroy. Whenever I think of Superman and Clark Kent, I always think of this particular scene. And there's that shot where like Christopher Reeve is like hunched over, he's Clark Kent and everything. And he's gonna reveal to Lois Lane he's Superman, and he like stands straight up and like. He doesn't even, he takes off his glasses, but he didn't even have to take off his glasses. Just his, like, him changing his posture. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, that's straight Superman. Like, that's <laughs> transformation. And so, like, like that, right? <laughs> so, Kihui Kwan does that. Mm-hmm. He does, like, at that level where he's just, like, very frail and very, like, pussified and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then when he has to become what's called, like, the af- uh, alpha, alpha way. Um, oh no, I think it's Alpha Way or Alpha Wang, but like he turns into that and he like does it so effortlessly. And it's even, Alpha Way is it Alpha Way? Because um, his name is Waymond. Oh okay, um, and then he even like takes off his glasses, which I always I always thought that was like a funny like little like he takes off his glasses, he takes, like almost like superhero mode, uh-huh. not superhero mode yeah. and shit like that. That's funny. That'd be weird if his if he was Alpha Wang. <laughs> Look at my Alpha Wang. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Jimmy Lee Curtis had like the best role. Mm-hmm. No, she. Didn't, I mean, not, not literally, right? Cause she wasn't the best one, but I loved her role. It's so stupid. Yeah, you can tell. Like, you, you can tell she had a fucking ball playing this very snooty. Deirdre Bubidra. Yeah, this very like snooty Karen like tax tax worker, and then like at another point turning into like essentially like a mo- a living weapon and shit like that. So uh, her in that role reminds me of the lunch lady mm. from uh from this video game that w- that came out mm-hmm. when I was a teenager called Whiplash. Okay. 
And basically the premise of that game, which is still like one of my favorite games, is a rabbit Mm -hmm. is handcuffed to a squirrel. Okay. And they're stuck in a research facility. Okay, I kind of remember that. And they get out. They're like trying to get out. And there's a, a part where they end up in the cafeteria. Okay, what's the name of the game again? Whiplash. Okay. And the you have to like not get killed by the lunch lady. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the PS2. Oh, was it PS2? I thought it was Xbox. It, let me see. It, it probably was on Yeah, it was on Xbox as well. Yeah, I, can't, I, I never played that game, but I do remember the, the, the box cover. I love that, that fucking game. You would. Weird ass shit. <laughs> God, you love weird ass shit. <laughs> I feel like I've been dropping the ball on that. I need to show you like more weird shit. <laughs> like, wait, you think you know weird shit? I know weird shit. I know. I, I know, you know weird shit. You don't know, know weird shit. I know. I know. No, <laughs> so, okay, so what did you think of what do you think of the directing by uh by the Daniels? <laughs> hmm. How could you have any flaws as a director and make a cohesive story out of this? Yeah. I uh, feel like they were flawless. Yeah, they're like this, this, like everything in this movie, it's, there are like, like, like how there are so many like millions of like universes within this movie. There are millions of possibilities of like why this movie can just fucking fail. And it didn't. Yeah, and it did it. It it really did. Well, I have one itty bitty tiny minor complaint. Of course you did. I thought about that. Minor complaint. Minor complaint. Minor complaint. It's not huge. It's not huge. Feel like they could have cut some time out. Or because there was like a couple times I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, this is this is the end of the other movie. Like it's wrapping up, and it went on for like another like ten minutes, and then like because it's weird. It's doing this thing where it's like setting like it seems like it's setting up to a conclusion where like where. like some of the movie plays like a third act or at the end of a third act. And there were times where I was like, okay, this is going to be the end. And then it keeps going. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like, this kind of like, like I probably, I'm probably the one who felt this, but I felt like this like constant, like lead up kept like hitting me almost at an annoying level. Mm. Or I was like, okay, come on. Like I'm kind of, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like getting blue balls. I was getting like blue balls while watching it, and it was like, oh fuck, okay. Um, not to say that when it gets, it got to the when it actually got to the ending, I didn't like it. I did like the ending, but it just seemed so many times like, like they were like, okay, we're gonna end it here. No, let's keep going. No, let's keep going. And that 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 bothered me. Not to the point where like I just hate the movie or disliked it. It was just that minor little problem with me. Mm. Calm down, calm down. I'm not gonna shit on your favorite movie of the year. Oh my god. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be my favorite movie of the year. It's only April. And? And I still haven't seen Northman. <sighs> You're not going to like the Northman as much as this one. Huh. Because because I'll, I'll say it. Uh, well, the reviews are. it's not as weird. <laughs> it, one, yeah, it's not as weird. And two, it's not as deep. Ah. Like this movie is like everything, um, everything, everywhere, all at once. That this movie is deep as fuck. You can really find a connection to it. Mm. Northman, not so much. It's more like of a v- beautiful visual style. Gotcha. Yeah. A palate cleanser. What Northman? Mm-hmm. No, this would be the palate cleanser. Really? This would be the, Northman is not a palate cleanser <laughs> at all. Oh shit. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so uh, I'm out of that. Like I, I, like I wasn't like a huge fan of Swiss Army Man. I honestly feel like I need to rewatch it mm-hmm. to kind of just kind of be like, all right, because I think I when felt it, you were in a kind of a mood when we watched it too. That and I really didn't know what we were getting into. Like I, I had seen the trailers, but like something about it was like, I'm not. What am I watching? How could you not know what you're getting into? The trailer shows the I, farting. Court. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But like this one, um, like this one, I really enjoyed. I think because it. I, I think because it's more. It's more of a story, like a through line. There's like a couple of twists. There's like okay, it's not just weird. Like yeah. there's a point. That's it. It's not just weird. Where Swiss Army Man is weird with like something of a point to the end of it. This one is weird, but like you really feel something for these characters, especially like the Michelle Yeoh character. Mm-hmm. You really feel for her character. You really feel for Joy's character. Um, for uh, uh, the husband, the husband Wayman's character. You really feel something for them. Um, and even like to some extent, like the Jamie Lee Curtis character, but not like in the regular universe, in the hot dog hand universe. <laughs> I was like really feeling like I was like, oh, so hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like visually, the movie is like stunning as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of reminds me um, of the movie uh, Paprika, mm-hmm. where it's just like a lot of weird stuff is happening. And yep. but like there's a there's a point to it. Like they all eventually like connect. Yeah. Um, hands down, one of the, like the best directing I've seen in a while, and not just like, not just like, like, uh, like for example, like uh, what's it called, uh, nineteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. I remember I like loved the directing of that movie, but I just love like how cool the style was, how the the long takes were, the track shots and everything. Mm-hmm. This one is like super creative super innovative like the amount of like scenes that are just like shift and change and character change and like mm-hmm. costume change and just and like, there's seriousness and there's comedy mm-hmm. and everything makes sense and yeah. it, it doesn't follow a linear path but it also does at the same time yeah it just there's so much in this thing it's jam-packed yeah and and like i said there's a lot of opportunities for to like essentially get lost in the movie because you're like wait what universe is this what's going on here what's up with that but like it seems to like work out because they keep doing this thing where they're like they step in one and then come back and then step further into it and then come back and like all oh, the step into another one. But don't forget like the You're th- still coming back. Yeah, don't forget like the two or three steps you made in this universe. Like there's one payoff I did not see coming. It mm. involves a chef. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did not see that payoff coming. What I saw was like, oh my god. That's hilarious. <laughs> um so okay, so the Daniels wrote this script. What did you think of the writing? I thought the writing was great too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that anything super amazing was said mm-hmm. from anyone, but um, all the characters had different, unique voices. Mm-hmm. Even the separate versions of themselves did. Yeah. So I think they did a great job there too, because um, it wasn't hard to decipher who was who. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like like as like as Kelsey said, it didn't really. I mean, I, I I honestly do felt that some of the some of the writing was really poignant, especially like the whole thing about like the bagel. Um, oh I, yeah, I thought that was too. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, no, 
Okay, so like, not not to get not to get into the exact words uh, or the exact discussion with the bagel, but just like certain key points that like jo- the Joy character had said, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Joy; it was like the evil version, evil version of Joy, mm-hmm. and the stuff that she said, it was like really hitting me, mm-hmm. um, kind of hard. I think because like the state of mind I was while watching it, but it was hitting me hard. But like I thought, like the payoff with that where Michelle Yeoh's character kind of, like, adds more to, like, that discussion. I thought it felt... it. I don't know. It started making me feel a little bit better. Mm. Um, especially even <laughs> um, out of, like, all the people... I mean, I, I felt like I connected with the Evelyn character, but I actually kind of felt like I really connected with the Wayman character. Really? Here's why. Here's why. Okay, so the way how the Evelyn character turns into reminds reminded me of you. Okay. Okay, but like there's the the thing that the Wayman character says that he had said uh, into the third act that I was like, holy shit, that's me, and like that's like me trying to communicate with you, and like I, you know, like I said, we'll get into the spoiler section, but like I don't know, I felt like because it goes back to the discussion that you and I had, um. Maybe like three or four episodes ago when you were telling me how like you don't like how people try to like motivate you. Mm-hmm. Cause like especially like strangers and stuff like that. Yeah. And how I was trying to explain like, well, like my outlook and how this is and everything like that. It was to me, it was what Wayman was saying, it was like what I was trying to say to you. Hmm. I but don't, you can't say it because Yeah, because <laughs> it's spoilerific. Yeah. Um I don't know, anything else to add on? No, I kind of just want to get into spoilers because I just want to talk about the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into the spoiler section. Uh, we're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once uh, at great lengths. Uh, so for those who have not seen the movie, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. You're laughing, so I'm going to do it again. I know, I know. Okay. So, one thing I did not expect to pay off. Wait, you have to do the father thing. The, the women thing. No, no, let's, 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 say, that, let's say that for the end. Okay. Let's say that goes to the end. Um, the part that I did not expect to pay off uh-huh. was the... What you call it? Rekakuni? Re- oh, yeah. It's it like, was like Rekakuni. Yeah, Rekakuni and everything, right? And, and how like the Evelyn character is like no no it's like raccoon you know they're like the raccoon's on top of the guy's head and he's like pulling it and they're like no it's ratatouille ratatouille right and that's like an honest mistake that like somebody would have like no it was a raccoon right like just kind of like it had to be a raccoon <laughs> and they come to find this universe where the raccoon does it. <laughs> that shit was so fucking ridiculous yep I absolutely loved it and I loved how that that little story developed. Oh yeah, seriously. It wasn't just haha, it actually exists. It was haha, it actually exists. Aw, she fucked him up. I know, yeah, right. Oh now she feels bad and he's sad. And then now she's gonna help him. Uh-huh. And then he can't reach the the, the truck in time. Mm-hmm. 
And then she picks him up instead anyway. Yeah. And then she like, and he starts controlling her hair. And she like, yeah, like, like, I, I think, I think a, I think a lesser director would have just used that for a gag. It yeah. just like never came back to it. Yeah. Even like the the the, the hot dog finger hot dog finger ones. <laughs> I thought they only were gonna show that the one time and it kept coming back. Seriously, I thought that was just gonna be a gag too. And that was even set up um earlier in the movie when they mm-hmm. were in the laundromat watching the watching that movie, that uh-huh. that musical or whatever. It was supposed it was. to be like almost like a Bollywood but it wasn't yeah. nearly as musical. Yeah, it was like a Bollywood type movie and then it paid off. It was like, Oh yeah, there's a Bollywood type movie, but like now they have like hot dog fingers. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's like their mating dance or something. I shit know, like and they're like squirting ketchup and condiments mustard everywhere. and shit. It was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the butt plug awards? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so here so here's a here's a here's a little little something. I had saw a uh, a picture of that i i i don't remember it was on twitter i don't remember if a24 had released it or like one of the daniels director had released it but there was a a picture of two people laying down and i it, i it had to be i think it was like the michelle michelle yo's character um and 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 the other the other person and then they showed like another person in midair with no pants and they show like the butt plug, like on the floor, uh-huh. and when I saw that picture, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I, I, <laughs> I thought it was like, I thought it was like a joke or something, like something like just totally weird, or like something that has nothing to do with the movie or anything like that. Mm. And then when they showed the award, I was like, "Oh my god, I know what's gonna happen." <laughs> <laughs> and they don't hide it either. It's like an obvious like butt plug. Yeah. Like no doubt it's a butt plug. No, like at first mm. you're like. That's totally a butt plug, but it's not. Yeah. And then later, you're like, oh, it is a butt plug. Like, it looks like one, and it is one. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so one of the things that that this movie does so well, and, like, I, I have to give it up, it's, like, the level of creativity that it does. Like, um, just for example, like, how do they activate, uh, how do they activate the link into, like, the multiverse? Mm. And it's, like... The most oddest, weirdest shit you could do. Also, they have to wear two Bluetooth earpieces at the same time. And it's like funny to me, too, Uh because I saw them struggling with something that I always struggle with, too. And it's not the one that goes in the ear. It's the one that goes around the ear. ear, Yeah, yeah. And it's always flopping around and shit. Uh (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and it's, it's, (laughs) it's so cool how, like, they... Uh, how the Daniels kind of like put that design of like it's a Bluetooth, like it's just it's a Bluetooth. It's nothing like super fancy, super crazy. Oh, this is like some serious technology stuff. And I said, no, it's a Bluetooth. No, they look like Motorola, if I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah. And they even um, and it and and it and they keep doing that level of like, let's just find like the most normal looking thing and make it make it totally fucking weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like how uh how the Gong Gong character is in the his wheelchair and when we see him again he has like all this stuff connected to it like calculators and like remotes uh-huh. he even has like um he's oh, almost like doc ock yeah and he even has like a rice cooker in the back that like <laughs> powers his stuff and shit like that uh-huh. it's like like i said it's a level of creativity of like let's just attach shit and just be like yeah that's what it does <laughs> and you're gonna accept it boom that's it yeah <laughs> um 
uh, what did you what did you think of the what do you think of the uh, fight choreography? I thought it was great. Yeah, this is some great fight choreography. So they do this thing, and I I don't know the name of it, and I don't mm. know if you're going to remember, but um, when they were in the IRS building or the mm. tax building, mm. and um, they were fighting, they were fighting, mm. and I don't remember when it was, but they oh, who had. Was fighting? Well, I know it was Michelle Yeoh, and it was the tax lady. Okay. And, like, a bunch of other people. Okay. Um, the camera style changed. Oh. Uh, like, it's like they took frames out uh-huh. or something uh-huh. to, to change the way the movement was. Like, it was a little choppier or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think I noticed that. You didn't notice that? I, I did notice some of the camera work, like... Um, where the the Alpha Way character, mm-hmm. where he's using his fanny pack as a weapon, mm-hmm. and how the camera um, was attached to the fanny pack, and he like pulls it and swings it around, mm-hmm. and your the camera goes with the fanny pack and like trips up people and stuff like that. But how effortlessly it like just moves from like him to like f- almost following his arm into the fanny pack, and it goes like like one single shot. Yeah, like there's almost like no cutaway with it, which I was just like, holy shit, yeah, that's impressive. no, that's really good too. Yeah. But the camera thing, I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to catch it. And uh, he didn't. I guess I didn't. I mean, well, it just means I got to watch it again. So. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> By the way, speaking of watching things again, mm. I heard something about Sonic 2. What would you hear about Sonic 2? Boo boo. No. From who? From who? Andrew. Your coworker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that guy's advice. <laughs> sure. Sure. Look, he likes the music we like. That's one. That's a whole separate genre. I, I mean, but not a lot of people like the music we like. But I would say yes because that's why the music's there. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't run into them. That's true. But then we live in an area where it's not really, uh, you know, out here. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Silver Lake exists. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about where we are at, not L.A. That's totally different. It's almost two different universes. My brain lives in L.A., so ah, nothing oh, else matters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> my brain. Yeah. No, it's your fault. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Don't go to L.A. ever again. <laughs> it's a hellscape. No, it's yeah. not. You know, actually, funny story. Actually, it is. Funny but story. But I love it anyway. Funny story. Funny story. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she wants to... She, her her husband, um, her husband wants to, I, I, I'll say once in quotes, he wants to come down to see his, I think it's like his aunt that lives out in El Monte, mm-hmm. right? But they live out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. They live out in, Nev- no, it is Arizona. Oh, maybe it's Nevada. Let's say, let's say it's Nevada. Um, They're not very different. But wait, mind you, this, this dude, I think he's originally from California. Okay, but he's been him and his wife have been living in Nevada for like years. Mm-hmm. Okay, he wants to see his aunt, but he doesn't want to come down to see his aunt that lives out in El Monte, because his his argument is they're gonna steal our tires. Oh my god! <laughs> I swear to God, it reminds me of when I told my dad he should come out here, and he's like, I don't want to get shot. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I'm just thirteen. I'm like. I was scared of that shit when I was in middle school. Mm, mm. And then I realized it probably wasn't that bad. Now I'm here and I'm like, it's really not that bad. Does your dad know that the MS-13 actually started in America? It's not It's not a, a Salvadoran origin? 
I don't think that matters to him. I just think it matters uh. him that it's here. And also earthquakes. Oh, yeah, because they happen all the time. And wildfires. Uh, that, that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Um, okay, anything else from the fight choreography? Uh, no. Nothing, nothing coming on Michelle Yeoh? Like how she still got it? Uh, you know what? I'm, I was thinking about that and mm-hmm. how, like, but she's Asian. Like, no, I'm not going to say anything fucked up. Like, I You're already like, kind of walking into that. No, I'm not going to. Like, okay. I feel like they they take care of themselves better or, like, their bodies last longer when it comes to that type of thing because they are constantly, like, working on their shit. Okay. And, like, it's not like you stick a white actor into a role and expect mm. them to look good doing it, something that they haven't done or... Mm. Even if they have done it and they just don't, they let themselves go and then they try to come back to it or whatever. I feel like she probably still practices. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of not surprised. Well, I mean, she. But I'm happy for her. She, she has been doing. Well, okay, so here, here's the thing. So let's just say, let's just say the top two, Jackie Chan. Actually, I'll even throw Jet Li. Let's say Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their, their level of training does not start with martial arts it actually start with starts with ballerina uh ballet ballet that's where the training actually starts ballet uh ballet and i forgot what's the call but the type of dancing the de- the theater dancing that's in asian culture that's where they get their training from is it called kabuki or something um it's like there's like different there's a lot of different styles mm. um that's where they get their training. That's where they get the physicality. That's where they they that's where they train their bodies to do things that that's not normally done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michelle, and it's Yeoh, hard. It's yeah, hard. And Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh has been doing this for like decades. So yeah, she's still physically able to do that. But even when you you still get to a certain age where like you've been doing it so long that your body starts breaking down like mm. sooner, you know. Um, so you're are you surprised that her body hasn't just quit on her already? I would say yes and no, but I've seen like let's say for example, uh, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Like mm-hmm. she does she does her martial arts, but it's not as active as much as she used to do. Obviously, because like age is catching up, she's not gonna like kick ass like super cop, you know. So you think maybe she just they they adjust for her age, maybe? It's possible. I mean, even, so that it, it looks good because they're not trying to overdo it. Yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, even Jackie Chan has slowed down quite yeah. a bit. You know, he's broken every single bone in his body. Jet Li doesn't really do martial arts because he um, he had got a he got an illness. I forgot what it was, but it was like a spinal a spinal Ill, illness that really like jacked him up. But like, um, prime example is Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White is in his fifties, and he can still kick the living shit out of anybody. Mm-hmm. And he like he he's a huge dude, but he moves so fucking fast. It's like it's like how that's impossible. You're you fifty five year old man. How the fuck are you still moving that fast? You know. If he was a lion, he'd still be the the uh, like the pride owner forever. Mm-hmm. He'd be like Mufasa, except he like kick the shit out of you. Like, like that. <laughs> but yeah scar would not have one <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah like like me like seeing michelle yo i mean not only just seeing her in this role as doing her what she's known for as an action star but the like to mesh that well with her acting as 
um, within the story. Like she has like some really heart wrenching moments with uh, with her daughter, with Joy. Mm-hmm. That's very like like tear inducing and shit like that. I'm afraid that I came across as that I wasn't impressed by her, but I am. I just not I'm not surprised that she still got it, but mm-hmm. I totally think that she still is a show. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you're like oh, I, you know she's not impressed. I can do it myself. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I do everything myself anyway. Yeah, you do that one kick. Oh my god, that's fact, it. I'm gonna remake the movie, and all the characters are me. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. I know you would. Just to see that car wreck. <laughs> um, so I okay, you believed in me. I do. I do believe in you. It doesn't mean you're gonna succeed. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. So the uh, so some of the dialogue. Because I know we kind of alluded to it in the, in the, in the non-spoiler section. Um, there's a line where uh, is Jobu Tapaki, the the villain, uh, the villain, the evil version of jo- of Joy. How she says like, you know, I've seen everything, I I've lived every possible life all at once, blah blah blah, and she says like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? And th- at that point, it was like hitting me because I was just like, because that, that's always kind of been my theory on reality that like as as we're moving right now talking there is another version of you and i 500 years ago doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. but you know we're talking about like a play or something like that right or some form of entertainment Mm -hmm. um but it's happening at this exact moment Mm -hmm. like not that time has gone by but that time is constantly in the same phase it's It's like intersecting yes intersecting it's not in the same phase of reality but it's going at the exact same time Mm -hmm. right like a different plane yeah yeah exactly so that's always been my theory and the fact that she says like nothing else mat like nothing matters that kind of like that's one of the things that kind of like leads into my depression Mm we're just like it doesn't really matter because at the end like there's nothing you're just gonna die kind of kind of uh mindset Mm -hmm. um but Michelle Yeoh's character, and it it goes into the writing, and then how she's able to deliver that line. She goes, "Yeah, nothing else matters, but right now, yeah, like with you." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that kind of pulled me out of my funk. I was like, "Oh, I fucking like." I was like, "Okay, maybe there is hope." <laughs> no lie, that's exactly what pulls me out of mine. That maybe there is hope. No, like, um, like when I think something doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Some I'll try to weaponize it in a way mm, yeah. and be like, that thought that I had about my performance at work mm-hmm. when I totally lost my fucking mind and it really probably wasn't that bad. Mm. Doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'll try and shove it into something else. Yeah. And then also, I'll start to try and like, that's why I like sometimes I get a little, um, what's the word? <sighs> um like insecure mm-hmm. and i i need something to fill that other part where it's like mm. that's what i have to look forward to like these moments oh okay okay. Gotcha. but then sometimes like you're not up for it <laughs> so then i'm like okay yeah it's a lot of work <laughs> oh i think my back hurts uh, you already <laughs> used that, that joke okay? i know right i'm gonna keep using it. a joke it's not a joke <laughs> yeah it is a joke because you're a joke <laughs> 
<laughs> I really need to get a, like a door slam button on this <laughs> on this soundboard. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, okay. What the father said. So okay. So what? Yeah. So what? Uh, Kihui Kwan has said. Um, in the movie, he like where the Evelyn character is like, yeah, nothing, nothing matters. It's like, like it's 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 interesting. It's interesting because like. Her character, like, I felt like her character was depressed, but didn't know how to deal with it. Or she, like, kind of pushed it down. Mm-hmm. You know, she like was... Like, she was stuck and just going from the day to day, and she was yeah stuck doing the same motions, and she wasn't paying attention anymore. Yeah, and I felt like the daughter was doing that. She was still... She was also stuck, but not stuck in, like, going through the motions or going through the day to day. She was stuck because she wasn't getting getting anywhere with her mother. Because mm-hmm. her mother wasn't listening to her. Her mother wasn't like accepting for who she, who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like that tatched on to uh, not not that it's the same. It's, it's the same thing, but not the same thing. But they're meeting in the middle of and where she's like, oh yeah, she's right. Nothing does matter. You know, she sees it like embodied in her daughter, mm-hmm. and it kind of like unlocks something in her. If she like, has to realize, like, yeah, nothing does matter. Like this is all bullshit. Like that scene where they just turn into rocks. Oh, yeah, Which, yeah. I've never been so entertained by rocks ever in my life. <laughs> I know you were chuckling the whole time, and it's silence because it's just text. Exactly, right? It's, it's just, the rocks can't talk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's, like, going through that. And then how how the way, how the Wayman character, like, like, he starts, like, saying, like, things about, like, no, there has to be something good out there. And, but, no, he, this is what he says. He says, like, I don't know what is going on, but I somehow think it's my fault. And I feel like, not, and he felt like I have to fix it, but I have to course correct this. I have to make things better. I have to, um, my actions are affecting the people around me and they are thinking this way. Therefore, I have to try to get them out of this, mm. out of this funk. So when he said that, that's where it, that's why I was like, holy shit, this dude's completely saying what's in my fucking head mm. which is like the way the way how when you were in your funk mm-hmm. i don't think of it as like oh because she's in her funk i mean i i do think of it like she's in her funk she's going through this because of what's going on in her head but i always think like okay i feel like i have something to do with this therefore let me try to help her mm. and, and and that goes along to um a lot of people around me, even though I might not be at fault, I'll still feel a part of me will just be like, I'm the cause of this somehow. Mm. So let me try to like help this person. Let me like fix what I might've broken. And I think that kind of goes into like <laughs> a level of like, um, not abuse, but, um, like a brainwashing that you wouldn't been through. I would say like an emotional abuse. Yeah. Something like that. So when he's like, so he like, he was like he was helping the Evelyn character saying like no I know things are bad but like there are still good things out there like never lose sight of like what is what can be good or like how you said what to look forward to mm-hmm. you know so that scene that pivotal moment where like it's the Evelyn character giving up and then how how the the people in the alphaverse are about to like attack her and shit like that and how mm-hmm. Way's like getting in the middle of it I felt like that dude mm-hmm. like He's in. He's he's the the last guard against the person who is dying on the inside, against the people that are trying to kill them even further. Mm. 
And I that's I really felt that scene. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I love that scene even more now. <laughs> you better. I mean, I'm not just talking just to hear myself talk. Even though I like the sound of my voice. You liar. <laughs> you wouldn't shut up for weeks when we first started the podcast about how you hated your voice. I still do. And you still hate your voice. And I've had coworkers that current coworkers who've mm-hmm. heard the pod- podcast. The podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Is the fancy guy. Welcome to the really big podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk in the highest falutin of programs down to nubby. <laughs> Pivot a moment in drama. They like your voice, so. <laughs> they like it more when I talk like this now. <laughs> you have to do your Lily James. Uh. <laughs> oh, Lily James! <laughs> Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast! I was in movies as such as Baby Driver, and I was Pamela Anderson in Pam and Tommy. Why are you Southern? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't I, say oi like you oh usually yeah. do. Oh, no, that's... Do I say oi? Yeah, you do. Oh. Oi. <laughs> Lily James. <laughs> and then you always end up going into your uh, James Bond... How bold? <laughs> How British am I? <laughs> You're the tip talk of Big Ben's cock. <laughs> I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> well, I love it. That's all that matters. Because it makes you laugh. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I'll stop then. Oh, my God. Which you just went from it's negative because you're laughing at it to it's negative because you're not laughing at it. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck do you want? I, I have a lot of problems. Okay, I'm a I'm a walking conundrum. Well, stop it. Okay. Can I, I don't a, like conundrums. Can I be? Can I be a walking? I don't have enough sticks to you know play on the drums. What does a conund sound like? Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> So, <laughs> this movie's really funny. And it's great. And it's, it's great. Emotional. There's one part I, wanna, I also want to bring up that had me dying. Mm. Is when uh, Jenny Slate shows up at the, at the tax office with her dog. Oh, yeah. And uses her dog as a weapon. <laughs> just so swings it around. Like, I forgot, I forgot the name of the weapon, but just like... this movie the level of creativity my god i haven't i'm really trying to think um because i was thinking about this while while watching this movie um i haven't seen a movie this creative and i even say even past swiss army man because swiss army man it's like it's it's more like just weird Mm -hmm. i haven't seen a movie this creative since maybe like the matrix Mm. Where you're just like, what is any of like? Holy shit! Yeah, you know it should make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, I um, movies like this, and mm. this has happened a couple of times recently, but I think mm. more so with this one. Mm. Movies like this make me think that you're full of shit when you say things aren't gonna work when I'm writing something. Mm. But you know what I mean? Because you never I know. Guess. Like, I feel like if you look at this script, you'd probably be like, what the fuck? Still, yeah, I, I have been guilty of being like, oh, I don't think that worked. I don't think that worked. 
but I don't. I don't honestly. I don't I, think you're full of shit. I'm just saying, no, like the movie yeah. sometimes. Yeah, like, I, you could really do anything you want. I know, I know. That's that's the thing. Like, and that's the thing. I I try to I try to like push you towards when it comes to writing, because like you come up with an idea, and I'll be like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, like, because I'm asking you questions that's going to be asked of you by the reader. Mm. So I'm not saying I'm not doing it like you can't do it. You can't do it. It's just like no, like be prepared to like get these shit like out. I, I might need your help to. Help me figure out what the fuck I mean. Like, I know what I yeah, mean, yeah. but I can't ever verbalize it. It's mm. hard. Well, just talk more. No, you got to translate for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not only your best friend. I'm also your, your personal comedian, your chef, your, your cleaning lady, uh, sometimes your, your, care, your, your babysitter, your kid's babysitter. Uh-huh. Um, now I have to be your translator. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm not your mechanic. You help me with my mirror. But you didn't even need my help. You could have done that yourself. I was just but like, you I'm did a, it though. I was, I'm gonna be the man. I'm gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> with that walk <laughs> too. That talk. Yeah. Do this. I'll be the man. Anyway. Um, oh yeah, Ki Hui Kwan, first major role in the past twenty years. Really? Yeah, and I and that's the thing. Like I. I, I, I try to like tell this to Kelsey and she was like, Who? Um yeah, but like the last time he did anything was uh the Goonies. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah, you didn't watch that or Indiana Jones and Timbo Doom. One of the one of the reasons he actually he stopped acting, because he just did a lot of like behind the scenes stuff like directing and then like assistant and uh fight choreography as well. He's actually an assistant fight choreographer, which explains why he's why he could still move like how he did. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the reasons he stopped acting was he was just like, there weren't like a lot of Asian roles or they were like stereotype roles. But he said that with the success of like Crazy Rich Asians and and like uh, what's it called uh, Call Me Maybe and like Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. he was just like, all right, I'm going to get back into acting, which I think is totally awesome that he's going to come back in acting because this movie shows that he can, he can still fucking act. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that has been going around a lot on Twitter, and this is not saying like the general public wants it, but like I, I really like this idea that since he played a short round in Indiana Jones and in Temple of Doom, and Harrison Ford's got one more Indiana Jones movie in him, and then he's done. A lot of people are like, give him the role, like make him the new Indiana Jones. Mm. Um, that'd be a big cool idea. I think that'd be a cool idea. You know what else I think would be a cool idea? Hmm. They do a prequel to Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it follows him in the Alphaverse. Oh, and, and like how Lana. that shit went down. Man, I'll be down for that. Mm. I'll be down to watch that. But if they don't, I'll, this movie's this movie's like perfect, da- damn near perfect. Yeah. Um. Anything else? No. All right. So, uh, what do we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time all right so with mental health being a subject of this episode Mm -hmm. mark came up with the amazing idea of our variety time covering our coping mechanisms through entertainment Yes. So, Mark. Um, so, if I haven't said it, if I've alluded to it, 
um, that I suffer from anxiety and depression, um, actually uh, manic depression. Um, and a therapist told me that I have slight case of bipolarism, which it makes sense of the way how I react to certain things, how the way how things would be feel and stuff like that. So, and Kelsey and I have, we've talked about our mental issues, but never really put a label on it. We never really like talked about it in great detail. We just kind of give like little sprinkles here and there and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean... I myself, along with I know a lot of other people, they have what's essentially like a coping mechanism or like a, a warm blanket that helps them like get them out of their funk, you know, out of their depression or anxiety that helps kind of like center them and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so I actually have a, a couple of things that I do fall back on in form of like in the form of like what to watch. Uh, one of them is uh, Space, the Edgar Wright uh, series well Simon Pegg and, and Jessica Hines I think she goes by Hines now uh, show that show I found in like my de- most depressing state like in my early 20s no I think mid to late 20s completely depressed like was losing and everything like that and I found space and space has always been a coping mechanism for me if I feel really down I, w- I start watching space um, I have the DVD series of it, and I believe you can actually watch the episodes on YouTube for free. Mm. Um, and it's entirely too. Uh, another one, it's 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 essentially Edgar Wright projects. Another one, Shaun the Dead. That's mm-hmm. another one I just kind of come back to and watch over and over again. Uh, another one is Hot Fuzz. I love watching Hot Fuzz. Um, and then it starts getting it starts getting a little weird, <laughs> a little dark. I don't know why, but something about David Fincher films make me feel better. <laughs> I think he has a lot of quiet space and time to reflect in his movies. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Even though it's something dark that's going on, mm-hmm. your your mind is still unpacking the scene, even though not a lot's mm-hmm. going on. And I think it is. I think it is the the aesthetic of his directing. Because like he is he is an amazing director, and I just love his style. I love how crisp and cool and like how like i don't know it's like oh i don't know it's like it's like it's like molding like a piece of metal to like perfection and shit like that Mm. so occasionally like i'll go and watch zodiac you know the movie about the serial killer (laughs) (laughs) it's not really about the serial killer as much as it is about the people that look for him yeah, and it, and it's a style. It's the it's the type of storytelling. The fact that it goes over like decades, and it's funny because like Zodiac used to be one of my least favorite Fincher films, and I've like grown to like really appreciate it. So mm-hmm. I go back to that. Another one I watch is Mindhunter, mm-hmm. and I think with Mindhunter, it's because I like the dialogue. The dialogue is so amazing, and the interaction with the characters, I'm just like all about it. Um, Another one that I go to, uh, it's not a David Fincher film, but it's Paul Thomas Anderson, There Will Be Blood. Mm. Um, once again, I think it goes into like the style of the filmmaking and then like the storytelling and everything like that. Um, like I've seen that movie at least over 20 times mm. uh, since it's come out. And I absolutely like love that film. Yeah. Um, another one that I go, I, I fall back on to is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um 
once again, I, 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 you know, I think, I think, I think this is what I'm coming up to. It's, it's if I, if I'm given a good story that has so many fucking layers that you can that deserves repeat watching, um, especially if it's not like, um, okay, like let's say everything everywhere all at once. It has a great story, and I really like how the story goes. But there's so much going on, it doesn't let me sit down and process it process on the story part mm. where like shows like atlanta it's like this weird show where it's almost like a twin peaks kind of thing um and Which so twin peaks probably should have made the list because you like watching that too yeah twin peaks is another one too it's yeah, yeah. and that's david fincher no that's, uh that's uh david lynch david lynch i always get yeah. them confused because their names are so similar yeah um uh, yeah i would say yeah twin peaks as well I, that's that's when i get into like a fully like meditative state because like if you really watch twin peaks especially like you follow kyle mclaughlin's character dale cooper mm-hmm. like he's a very like transmigrational kind of like meditation kind of thing mm-hmm. um but with atlanta it's because I, I i think another reason is because it's a predominantly black cast and it's weird but it's not like weird for the sake of being weird it's just like interesting you know mm-hmm. like for example, like this new season of Atlanta, I'm loving it. This might be like their best season because mm. every episode it's like fire all, on all cylinders. Um, but yeah, those are like those are those are things I normally watch to kind of like help me get out of my depression or kind of like really lets me. Um, I guess like because when I get depressed. My mind is like it's it's so funny when I get depressed. My mind is almost completely clear. Um, like you don't even hear music in your head like you normally do. Um, when it gets real bad. When it gets real bad, the music turns really loud. There's always music playing in my head. Like I've had, I've had about the same three songs playing in my head for the past few days now. Oh, um, there was a time where you're like a few times the music was gone. You're like, oh, that makes sense. The music's gone. That means it's really bad. That's when the anxiety starts kicking up. Oh. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When the music gets really loud, the anxiety is like, oh, fuck, here it comes. And then when it's like gone, but more like a quiet before the storm, mm-hmm. that's when the, that's when the music's gone. I'm like, holy shit. It's, it's, fucking, it's like the whole tornado <laughs> thing. Like, oh, my God, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I get depressed, I just like, like I said, everything is quiet. And that's when, like, the voices start coming out. Mm. All, like, the super negative shit, all, like, depression stuff. So when I watch these movies or this sh- or some of these shows, it's like, okay, cool. These are, like, super-duper creative shows or ideas and stuff like that. Let's go ahead and absorb that, and let's go ahead and apply it to, like, what you want to do, creatively speaking. And then I slowly start coming back. Because mm. that's, like, part of the process of me getting better. It's, like, being creative and producing stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. What you got? Well... My depression is similar, but different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually pretty anxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe... Actually, I used to never believe anyone loved me at all, not even my own kids, till they started getting a little bit older, and I mm-hmm. started taking heed to their words a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <clears throat> my... My whole thing, too, which you used the word recently, was existentialism. Mm-hmm. I When I get really bad, I tend to know that I exist, but I feel like I'm in the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like the wrong time and place. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, nothing makes sense to me, really. So, you're not... You said the wrong time, so you're not supposed to be here at 921? Yeah, I'm supposed to be at 922. So, you're from the future. Yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, so, usually take a pretty realistic look at things, mm-hmm. or don't think about them at all. Mm-hmm. Because that's where... Sometimes, like, usually right around October, I'll start to get really depressed because that's when I start realizing I have a little to no family. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, like, a significant other that's, like, let's spend the holidays together or anything like that. So, um, Beetlejuice is usually playing around that time. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like about that movie is that it talks about death and depression and all this stuff, but it does mm. it in a way that it doesn't hurt. Mm. But you can still really relate to it. It's like it's like a realistic kind of view, but like kind of like with soft blows. Like okay, this is how it is, but like and they're and they're like, yeah, and they're fine. Yeah, they're not like cracking over the head with it and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I didn't like my stepmother growing up, and there's a mm. stepmother in that movie. Um, and I'm depressed, like, when on a writer's character was, and, like, mm-hmm. well, she is a little melodramatic, and I think you'd probably argue that sometimes <laughs> I am, too. Sometimes. <laughs> um, I like The Curse of Oak Island lately. So what, what is that? Okay. There is an island in Nova Scotia uh-huh. that people through the years have tried finding treasure that's been buried under there mm-hmm. what happened was i think like in the 1800s someone found treasure and when they tried digging it into the top of the the cave that was built mm-hmm. it flooded and they lost everything oh okay so throughout the years people have tried finding this treasure and they found things from like the 1400s mm-hmm. that should not be on that island. Mm-hmm. Even um, Roosevelt, I think Roosevelt was also working there. Oh, okay. Like before he became president, they found um, boots from the time that mm. he should have been working there. So, and they always get so close. You're like, yeah, I feel it. You're gonna find something, and mm-hmm. they don't find it. I'm like, fuck, you got me again. Okay, and that's that's a reality show, right? It is. Okay. But also, I like the the history aspects of it, mm-hmm. and then the the narrator's so stupid because he's always like, <laughs> he goes, a piece of silver from the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> it could it be blah 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 blah, and you're like, and he does he talks with an in, up inflection all the time, uh-huh. so you're always could like, it be this? Yeah, or could it be? A piece of silver from someone who dropped it below. Oh, my God. Like. I would be so frustrated in this show. Like, can you shut the fuck up and tell me if it is? <laughs> I, I realize I heard him on a different show, too. But I think he's most known for this one. So, so on that other show, does he still do the same, like, upward inflection? Yeah, Oh, my does. God. Can you imagine having a conversation with that guy? What'd you have for dinner? I had a burger. <laughs> I, had a, I had a burger? Or did I have a burger? <laughs> From McDonald's? Or was it a Burger King? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Honey, I just... What did you, what did you have for dinner? 
So, um, so the show The Curse of Oak Island, that's on the History Channel, correct? It is, and they also okay. came out with a new one mm-hmm. with that same narrator. Uh-huh. It's called, um, I don't know what it, exactly what it's called, but it's like The Curse of Skinwalker Ranch or something like that. So so from what I'm seeing, there's there are three related shows. There's The Curse of Civil War Gold. Didn't see that one. Uh, Beyond Oak Island, and then The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. I think I remember hearing about Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know anything about that, but they were showing like, oh, the new season's premiering. Mm-hmm. And basically they're looking for old Aztec mining like mines not for the gold like they already made but the mines Mm -hmm. that they were mining out of um in the desert okay so skinwalker ranch oh okay that's what i remember hearing hearing it about um so skinwalker ranch and the surrounding area has been referred as the as uh referred to as ufo alley since the 1950s when numerous anomalous events and strange activities began occurring i remember hearing uh, stories about this place. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what they're referring to. Okay, but okay. why are they looking for Aztec gold there? Um, why for that particular show? I don't know. Um, yeah, like on the for the IMDb, uh, the Secret Skinwalker Ranch. A team of expert scientists undertake exhaustive research of Skinwalker Ranch and an infamous location for paranormal activities and UFO sightings. Oh, so maybe I have the shows mixed up. You said asset gold. Maybe yeah. that's the uh, the one I saw about the. It's not civil war though. Hmm. Maybe know. it's like um, some. It has maybe it has Aztec inside the title. But yeah, I like that kind of show because it teaches you some things about history, mm-hmm. and you don't have to think. Um. And then Homestead Rescue. So, wait, okay, really quick. Um, okay, so the one, because the, they, they show, the, uh, the related shows is Beyond Oak Island. You think, oh, 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 here we go. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. I'm trying to read this really quick. <laughs> Fable Knights Templar issue, da, da, da. John O'Brien discussing his theory that the island contains treasure of the Aztec Empire. So maybe it's the same thing? They just have... No, it's different. Um, okay. I'm going to put History Channel, Aztec, Gold. It's called Lost Gold of the Aztecs. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. That's simple right there. Found it. Uh, so what's, what's, the other, what's the other show that you, uh, that you mentioned? Homestead Rescue. So Homestead, Re- Homestead Rescue, um, that's... That's not Discovery, is it? Yeah, it is. I think uh, it is a Discovery Channel. Uh, Homestead Rescue, which is a show on... Are you asking me? Actually, I'm actually looking for... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's on Discovery. Um, you got me into the show for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, like, when we had to quarantine. Yeah. You and I were just watching, like, hours of the show. Yeah. But but go on. What, what's, what's the show about? Um, there's an old guy mm-hmm. and his two adult children. Mm-hmm. And they're very redneck mm. and they grew up in alaska and they built a homestead of their own mm. which is off the grid and it creates its own energy and they get clean water they have livestock and all this stuff mm. and so they made a show where him and his two adult children will go and help people who are in 
need of help on their mm. own homestead. Yeah. Be it they don't have water, they don't have food, or they have predators coming and like killing their livestock. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the show hosted by Marty Ranny, Missy Ranny, and Rainy. Rainy, sorry, yes. Marty Rainy and his two kids, Missy Rainy and Matt Rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, Misty got married, so her last name is different now. But. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have it listed as Missy Rainy. Um, I, yeah, I was really digging on the show because some of the stuff that they would do or they would say they're going to do, I'd be like, that's, they're impo- not gonna do they, it. that's impossible. One of the things that I like about it is like they don't really bring in material. I mean, they bring material if they have to, but most of the material they use is stuff that's already on the homestead. Like the homeowner tried to build like a separate house or something like that, right? And failed on it. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to use the wood you use here and we're going to like apply it to a garden or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to use like the trees or the surrounding area to like give this a formation where you can have your own like water supply. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about it, too. And they're fucking crazy. So you have mm-hmm. to turn your brain off. So yeah. you're not competing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, when, when you say that, like, turn your brain off, you're just kind of like, that, whenever I hear that, it's like, oh, turn your brain off because, like, physics is not going to make sense. But yeah. in here, it's just like, wow, they really pulled that off. Holy fuck. <laughs> Real quick, I didn't put it on the list, but I like uh, Life Below Zero on the History Channel, too. Oh, yeah. yeah that's or the- is it Nat Geo? I think it's actually Nat Geo. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um, just because they feel like the, the isolation is calming, mm. like these people are by themselves in the wild and it's cold mm-hmm. and it makes me think of growing up in Massachusetts when I used to be outside alone for hours. In the yeah. Snow. It's, it's a Nat Geo. But go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like the, they tell you about how the saws, like the chainsaws freeze up and they have to like keep them warm or they mm-hmm. don't work and different things. So mm. it's kind of like similar aspect, but not so wild. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, I was thinking about homestead rescue, maybe like a couple days ago. I, I like I I don't I can't think of like I can't remember what episode I was thinking of, or maybe I was just thinking like, oh yeah, they did this, this, and this, and everything. Mm-hmm. And for like no lie, for like five to ten minutes, I was like, you know, I kind of want to do that now. I kind of want to just like live out in the middle of nowhere, or like live out away from the city. Like, it really popped in my head. Like, maybe I should kind of, like, move into the woods or some shit like that. The thing is, you get bored. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing is, you're not going to be bored if you're working that mm-hmm. hard. Like, you you have shit to do, so you just do the stuff, and mm-hmm. you're fine. But, like, then you're, like, missing out on all these things, and you, you've you already been in this life for so long. Mm-hmm. You already know what you're missing, and you don't want to miss it. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I was even... I wasn't even thinking of, like, oh, I'll be, like, doing something, like, you know, fixing this or that. No, I really was, like, no, I kind of just felt like one of just, like, relax and not do anything. Like, like I like I don't know. But you're not going to be relaxing and not doing anything. I know, right? I'm, like, not even 40, and I'm, I'm, my brain's, like, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of Richard Kelly's Donnie Darko. Wake up, Donnie. I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary. 
believe in time travel? The synopsis of this is, after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. Directed and written by Richard Kelly, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Jenna Malone. It also has Maggie Gyllenhaal in it. Are they related? Yes. They are? Yes. No, they are. Really, they are. The re- really. I know. I was I was trying to see if you would believe me if I uh, said I didn't know they were related. Yeah, look. look <laughs> Just because look, you know my track record. Sometimes I don't fucking know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they actually don't look alike at all. They both look kind of weird. I think they look alike. Not like really look alike, but like if you see them, I, I don't know. I, maybe because I've seen them together like before so many times mm. if you just seem to go you're like oh yeah they're totally siblings mm. yeah i think he just has a very comical face it, it kind and of, it's getting worse the more older he gets really yeah i think his comical face is kind of like gone now it's I, very square and mm-hmm. he has really high eyebrows that are round he's got the big eyes that's why yeah so it's like yeah. just really and it's becoming more angular it's not as comical as now it's more nightmarish mm, mm. but not ugly just nightmarish i should show you nightcrawler that's i a, watched that one did I you told really? you that was one of my favorite movies okay, well, there you go you got that nightmarish kind of idea of, <laughs> of how he can go <laughs> looks like i said sometimes i don't know sometimes i tell you and you still don't know yeah because i don't i don't know if you remember it <laughs> <laughs> i'm mistaken for something else like you know how you thought you watched you know Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome, and you really haven't watched California Love by Tupac. <laughs> um, so yeah, 2001's uh, Donnie Darko. Um, I was one of those people who found this movie uh, on DVD. This movie flopped at the box office because uh, the, the the distributor did know did not know how to advertise how to market this movie. See, mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Mother, yeah, Darren Aronofsky's Mother, for example. That's a great example. Um, but I remember watching this movie and being blown away of, like, what's going on? Like, and that was one of the biggest things this movie had was, like, what is happening in this movie? Or, like, what does the ending mean? Or what is Frank the Bunny? What's up with the time travel? Did he do it? Did he not do it? All that kind of stuff, right? The mm. end of the world, all that kind of shit. Um, but, like, like I said, this movie has, like, a super-duper strong cult following mm-hmm. um i still love it uh but no one gives a shit about what i think what does kelsey think um i think that you still love it too okay <laughs> i love it you love it <laughs> yeah why um first of all jake gyllenhaal does a really good creepy face oh yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, he actually to, to to get that creepy look on like that you see in, in him in this movie he purposely would try to blink less during like those really like freaky moments to give like a sinister look to him. It's really funny because it's really not that he's not blinking. It's that he's turning his head at a funny angle. Yeah. And like looking at you from underneath his eyebrows. Yeah, but not blinking. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. You can't see it, but. Uh, you don't look creepy. You just look stupid. <laughs> I try not to blink. It's so how, about, how about this one? No, you look weird now. <laughs> that whack ass rock look. 
<laughs> raise eyebrow. Um, so what did you like about this movie? I liked the feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the sense that he's the only one who knows what reality is like. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is living a fucking dream. Like, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I see society sometimes, where I'm the only one who knows how things really are, and everyone's too, like, washed in optimism. Like, mm-hmm. so they don't understand each other's pain or where anyone else is coming from at all. They're just like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And if you just pull yeah. yourself up by your bootstraps, you'll be fine. Yeah, that, that that does make sense, especially in this movie, because this, this movie's supposed to take place during, like, the Reagan era, mm-hmm. where it kind of is, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and America's great and everything and kind of bullshit and everything. Mm-hmm. While uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Donnie Darko is like, no, like <laughs> we're fucked. Yeah. Like, but he doesn't like say it in that sense. Like there's that great uh, scene between him and the, uh, I think she's like the coach. She's the one of the coaches or some shit like that. And she has like that inspirational speaker that Patrick, um, uh, Patrick Swayze character mm-hmm. and she tries to do that exercise between like fear and love and oh, like yeah. there's only like those two distinctions yeah and he's like it's more nuanced than that yeah yeah like and he even says like he's like he had he's he's reading an example and it's about like this girl who found somebody's wallet returns the wallet but takes the money was she like did she do it out of fear or love and he's like who gives a fuck? Like she, maybe she's just trying to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe she did do... You Like, I know you want me to choose fear. Mm-hmm. Maybe she did do it out of love. She needed to take care of her fucking kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? Um, so, what did you think of... Jake Gyllenhaal had been, like, acting before this movie, but this is the one that, like, really got him noticed. What did you think of his performance? I thought he did a great job mm-hmm. where he was... Excuse me. Um, he was, I think he just made all the right moves, I guess, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense, where he was laughing sometimes maniacally mm-hmm. and whatever was going on wasn't really funny, but then also like you could tell he was slowly losing his mind mm-hmm. and then other times he had moments of clarity and you could tell like he was just kind of going deeper into whatever was going on yeah like almost like deeper into like insanity mm-hmm. or from from an outside perspective you think he's he's going insane yeah um what about um uh, yeah like in this entire movie like out of everybody like stands out the most it's like jake gyllenhaal like everybody who's in this movie is kind of like really just side characters um even to some extent well like Jenna Malone is like his love interest, but even she's just kind of like, I want to, like, she's almost like kind of one dimensional. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like she didn't. She is, but she's not, mm-hmm. she's not superficial. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. She's right? not superficial. She's not one dimensional. Like she's a ditzy girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. She supports him in a lot of ways that other people wouldn't, mm-hmm. but she's doesn't have anything to offer other than that support. Yeah. 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 Um, which is not necessarily a and bad. You don't thing. really know anything about her other than her parents are whack jobs. Yeah, and it's, and that's and you know that's that's not to say like oh this movie should have been Donnie Darko slash Christian Ross or anything like that. But you know the thing that he does like the whole like him going back in time and everything he kind of like does that for the sacrifice 
of Gretchen Ross because he knows that his actions like led to her death. Mm-hmm. He doesn't explicitly say it, but like there are there are hints of like, okay, I'm going back in time to not only save the world, but like because I want her to live. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sacrifice myself to that, you know? Yeah. Um, which I think like maybe like a little bit, it, it's funny. One of the things I do not like about this movie um well not like this this movie but like this particular cut that we saw is mm. the director's cut i'm not a fan of the director's cut at all because it it adds more it takes out some of the mystery and that some of the effects are i know they're supposed to be better but they look cheapen mm. um like for example like the part where donnie's sitting there and like the the uh like the like the portal thing kind of comes out of his chest like the water like thing comes out of his chest uh-huh. and the finger like points to him and like t- like waves him over like come follow me mm-hmm. that's not in the movie at all mm-hmm. he just like gets up and starts following it ah so that's what i'm saying it kind of like there's like a little bit of mystery in the movie that's like taken out with the director's cut like we actually see him bursting the pipe with the axe or we see him like actually burning down patrick swayze's home yeah. Where it's more of like, was it him or was Frank in control this entire time? I still get a sense mm-hmm. of was it him or was Frank in control, mm-hmm. even with us knowing that it was him doing it. Yeah. Because you still kind of don't know mm-hmm. if he's doing this because he wants to or if Frank is like somehow manipulating him or mm-hmm. taking control of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't think that question ever really went away with the director's cut. Mm. But the fact that you don't know if someone did it, someone else did it, or mm. if he did it, was taken away because you get to see that. Well, well, see, that's the thing. Like, like for example, um, uh, like I said, like you actually see him take an axe to the to the uh, to the uh, to the pipes, right? To burst the pipes, right? And I remember in the director's cut, you just see him standing outside the school with the axe okay and like that's it you see like then like the flood happens Mm -hmm. um but see there's a level of like disconnect because you see the axe in the dog's head so there's still like a level of like wait what you know kind of like thing right um and then in the director's cut you see him throwing the gasoline around he like turns around you see his face like you know where in the director in the theatrical cut you just see him standing in front of the picture and then actually, you know, fire mm. like that. You know, it's it's still there of like, oh, he probably did do it. But I don't know. It's just like a lot of show instead of like tell. Yeah. Which I thought, which I think like, which I like I said, I like the theatrical a lot better. Gotcha. Plus the pacing's weird too in this one. I don't know if you noticed it. Well, I, I no, I don't think I did. Mm, okay. So this is Richard Kelly's first film. Mm. What did you think? Of his directing. And his writing, since he did both. I think the writing was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the directing, it's hard because it's like not a new film. It's 21 years old already. It's old mm-hmm. enough to drink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but, could, but, you, but could you put yourself in like 2001 and watch this movie? Like, could yeah, you, yeah. Could, could you look at it and be like, what? I still watched it this time and thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I still think, like, it's a good movie. I just, I think some of it's kind of dated. Mm, okay. Right? Gotcha. Like, uh, the girl, some, I don't know, like, 
I think because it also, it's a 2001 movie and mm. it's showing an old era. Yeah, the 80s, yeah. It doesn't, it just feels weird. It doesn't mm. feel like they made the movie, I don't know, it feels like it, they made it on like a 500 thousand dollar budget or something yeah like i I get what you're saying because like i mean that that, like that part doesn't really bother me so much but i think i i get what you're saying because like it looks like a movie that's clearly made in the early 2000s or for tv yeah that's trying to be like this is the 80s but clearly it's not the 80s yeah you know like they're trying they're kind of trying to are to make it like of that and they're relying and Richard Kelly's like relying heavily on the soundtrack, which I will admit the soundtrack. I I love the soundtrack, yeah. like uh, NXX, uh, the Church, um, uh, Echo and the Bunny Man, fucking Joy Division is on the soundtrack and everything. But mind you, you take that soundtrack and just scratch off Donnie Darker on it. You're just like, yo, this dude's made like a dope ass playlist, like straight <laughs> up. <laughs> um, some some but some of the songs do carry meaning. Like for example, the song like the band uh, Echo and the Bunny Man. Mm-hmm. There's a giant demonic looking bunny, mm-hmm. and the song's called Killing uh, the Killing Moon, which is like this force, you know, stopping uh, stopping this like impe- this unstoppable force, which essentially is like time travel. So you can kind of yeah. like look at it layers like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Obviously, we're going to talk about theories. Oh, actually, no, actually, let's, let's do that. So, underlying message with this movie. Woody, what's, what's your take? What's, what do you think is the underlying message in this movie? That you matter. Really? I think it's that you matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether the fact that you exist matters or that you exist and you shouldn't. Uh-huh. It's all the same, kind of boils down to the same thing. You have an mm-hmm. effect on everyone. Oh, okay. So, yeah. that's what I got. Ah. Um, so, I, so I, I think it covers like two things. Well, this movie covers a lot of different genres and stuff like that, but I think it kind of focuses on two, two specific things. One, it focuses on mental health and seeing reality on a different level and like how that heart, how that, it, that can be a bit of a difficulty to split, uh, especially from an outside perspective. Like it, like how, cause like, like how you mentioned earlier about how this dude is like on a different plane of existence, but like from an outside people just think like something's wrong with this kid. Mm. I think it kind of makes a comment of like, like it kind of does that whole tightrope move with mental health and seeing a different reality. How some people might just look at you as crazy, but you're like, no, no, no. I, I actually do see, like, this shit. No, know? or the other way around. Like, mm-hmm. what I was talking about earlier with mm-hmm. the other movie. No, not um, on, in the variety time. Mm-hmm. When I was saying how one of the main issues I have is that when I start to feel depressed, I start to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like an anomaly. Like, I just don't belong in this existence. Mm-hmm. And either he is there mm. and he and he doesn't want people to think he's crazy but they they think he's crazy mm-hmm. or you could kind of go my route too and be like you don't look crazy even if you feel like you are yeah like <laughs> gotcha which makes you feel crazy <laughs> yeah i'm not crazy but I feel crazy <laughs> um and i think this this movie all also covers the idea of like determinism versus free will there's this whole discussion 
that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character has with Noah Wiley's character about like determinism and free will, and about how if determinism is there, then how can you say there's free will? But if you say there's free will, how can you say there's determinism? How can you not say determinism because maybe that's part of like what they say God's plan, mm. um, and how like they're kind of like battling over the boat. Uh, um, I would say, like, this reality is, like, battling both, and Donnie Darko is, like, the vessel for, like, that inner that inner struggle mm-hmm. that keeps, like, kind of popping up, you know? Um, yeah, it's just, like, honestly, I think we could do, like, a whole fucking episode just, like, dissecting everything in this fucking movie. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so, interesting fact. This movie was actually going to get a, a home... A home video release uh back then but christopher nolan like uses influence to like secure a cinema run oh yeah and i know that drew barrymore is like one of the producers on this movie mm. um i can't remember she was talking to richard kelly and like he told her like on set on some on the set of something i think it was charlie's angels there you go on the set of charlie's angels i believe Richard Kelly was there and he was telling her about this idea and she was like, I want to finance that idea. Oh. So we can thank Drew Barrymore and Christopher Nolan for giving Donnie Dargo the some of the respect that it deserved. Yes. Um Okay, so one of the things that is synonymous with the cult hit of Donnie Darko is what the fuck is going on? What the fuck does the ending mean? So Kelsey, what do you? I found this. I found this article on Screen Rant that's pretty much like tries to explain, you know, the answer to Donnie Darko. Um, I don't believe Richard Kelly has ever come forward and kind of really said what what the movie's about or was he trying to say it with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a multitude of like, uh, of theories of what the ending meant and what was going on. Um, since Kelsey, this is your first time watching this movie. What do you think? A, what do you think is going on in this movie? And B, what do you think the ending meant? I feel like it's a better version of like the butterfly effect. That Ashton Kutcher film? Mm-hmm. Okay. In okay. a way where um, it's like, like you said, like a battle of free will and determinism, right? Mm-hmm. And he's existing. Mm-hmm. That's not his choice. Mm-hmm. And all these things happen. And at the end, I think he realizes that if he's just in that room, he won't, he never gets to like, like his mom's not going to die in the plane crash. Mm, his mom and his sister, yeah. Because they're going to be too sad to go to a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patrick Swayze's character doesn't get caught with a child porn ring because mm-hmm. he didn't narc on him. Yeah, the house never burns down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like all these things you could tell like they're all affected by him dying mm-hmm. and they're sad, but also at the same time, they don't understand that his, him being alive has a negative effect on their lives, even though they're negative people. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's why I said earlier that the point, uh, like not the point, but the, like the message is that you matter. Mm-hmm. Is because he matters whether he's alive and making everyone's life miserable, mm-hmm. even though he's kind of right, mm-hmm. or he's dying and they're sad that 
he's not around, but also he's not making their lives miserable. Yeah. Now, the now when you're saying there's that, you're referring to you're referring to that that last five to ten minutes where it's uh, I believe it's Gary Jules uh, Mad version of Mad World. Um, where you see the Patrick Swayze character crying, you see the Frank character crying, you see the Noel Wilder character kind of like feeling something off or stuff like mm-hmm. that. You're referring to that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so like that part, like that, I've always agreed, I like that part you're saying, that about like sad about that. Um, I've always believed in that theory, but in a kind of in a different way. Not that they're like they're sad, but like that because of um and i'm gonna work backwards here that part they real like they all had a small nugget of the previous reality um now there's a, there's a book in the there's a book in the movie called the philosophy of time travel when the movie came out you were able to go to the website and click on a link that gave you that took you to the book and not not to every single page but kind of gave you an idea of what the book was about and stuff like that and in that book, they talk about two universes, the main universe and a tangent universe. Um, so when you go through the movie, you're seeing the tangent universe. You're seeing the universe that's not correct. That's not the right universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens at the end of the movie restarts it and actually starts restarts the main universe. Mm. Um, but those people, those characters that are like seem like they've like they're traumatized or if they've seen something that's like fucked them up. They've seen, they have a little bit of knowledge of like, holy shit, I, I just saw a different universe and like how it kind of like fucked them up, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe like, not, maybe not they didn't see it clearly, but they had a waking dream of it. And it's like, you ever had like those really, really intense dreams that you woke up and you felt everything mm-hmm. emotionally in that dream yep. brought into here like that. Mm-hmm. They went through that. Gotcha. Um. I also have the theory of like the whole thing at the end was that um, Frank, Frank the rabbit uh, was telling Donnie like, hey, the world's going to end. Right. And the world's going to end because of the fact that you are alive. Like Mm -hmm. you like you are the anomaly that was not supposed to be alive. Right. And I've had this theory that like the stuff that he does is allowing the universe to like to come to an end because he has free will because he has free will because he sees he's outside of his timeline exactly he sees god's plan and of course uh i don't i don't remember i don't remember where i saw this it might have been in the movie or something like that but it's pretty much like if you see god's plan the universe just collapses on itself there's no mystery behind all you now know everything that there is in the universe therefore the universe does not need to exist mm-hmm. um so donnie sees that he's he's able to see like as as time as the movie goes on his like awareness becomes more and more and more intense because if you see in the movie his personality like slowly starts changing he becomes like this kind of like adolescence kind of like yeah fuck you like whatever and then he starts shifting to like i'm like starting smashing shit now because nothing matters you know Mm -hmm. doesn't i feel like he's outside of his timeline isn't everyone else around him outside of their timeline too no because from what from what i remember uh reading about the movie it's like they're called 
the living manipulate it and the dead manipulate it. Some like that, right? And how the living manipulate it is being manipulated from outside forces so that what happens next is going to be the end of the world or like a restart of time. And the dead manipulate it is the one... Oh, I forgot what the dead manipulated means, but the dead manipulated is like their oh their death is what also kicks it up as well. Like mm. for example, um, Frank the Rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what Frank the Rabbit is, right? He takes off his mask, and we know that his eye is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a dead manipulated because he has to die to become Frank the Rabbit to start to have Donnie like fuck everything up to restart the universe. Mm. To make sure that the tangent universe collapses no more and then the main universe comes out to exist. He's just collateral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and then Donnie takes that opportunity, takes that opportunity like, okay, I, I now have this power to see it, to like see with everything I can see and everything like that. And then Neil's, he knows that I'm the vessel, like I'm the one who's supposed to die, but he takes a little he takes a little bit of more of the initiative to make sure that if he dies um that his girlfriend lives mm-hmm. um even though there's like certain certain sacrifices that he does make like for example um true that his parents are going to be like traumatized but like the daughters the youngest daughter's still alive the mother never dies um uh his girlfriend never dies uh, what else? Frank never dies. Mm-hmm. Or, or the, yeah, the, yeah, the character Frank. But he has to make that sacrifice of like, oh, but Patrick Swayze kind of gets away. Yeah. The pedophile like gets away. So he's like, he's, he doesn't exactly win all the way, but he like, he has to make them, them hard trip, them hard choices. Yeah. Um, And I think like that part where he's like sitting there like laughing, that's him like, that, that's that line um, that you had said at the beginning of the, the episode. Whereas, uh, I just hope that when the world comes to an end, I can breathe a sigh of relief because there will be so much to look forward to. Mm-hmm. That's him laughing like, you know, the world comes to an end. I saw the world come to an end, but I know what I'm about to do is there's going to be so much more to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why I think that that's what that line means within the movie. And that's why he's like laughing. He's just like, like, I fucking did it. Yeah. yeah. Anything else to add? Um, so real quickly, uh, screen, like I said, screen Rant did this really interesting article on breaking down Donnie Darko and, you know, what happens in the movie. Uh, at one point, so in the article, they go to Donnie's time travel explain, uh, the article simply put the tangent universe that Frank the rabbit warns our omnipotent hero about, sorry, hero about is a separate alternate reality that comes into existence at the start of the film's action. Like I said, this theory, this whole tangent universe thing, this is like, it's kind of my own, but like this is kind of like a widely speculated idea anyway. Um, Donnie Darko doesn't explain why the tangent universe comes into existence. It's one of the many things in the movie that are deliberately left a mystery, which I think is beautiful. Uh, the tangent, the nature of this tangent universe was actually explained in the text, Robert uh, Roberto Sparrow's The Philosophy of Time Travel. In the book, it says, if a tangent universe occurs, it will be, it will be highly unstable, which explains what's going on in that world, sustaining itself for no longer than several weeks. Eventually, it will collapse upon itself, forming back into a black hole within the primary universe capable of destroying all existence. Mm. So he had to, like, he had to shut down that universe. Yeah. Um, it goes into explaining what Frank the Rabbit is. 
Uh, consider the fact that Frank appears at the Tangent Universe comes into existence and the match cut with Caesar's face superimposed over Donnie's during a sequence discussing Donnie's mental health. Based on this, the bunny can be read as Donnie's Tangent Universe alter ego who exists to warn him about the sacrifice he must make. I don't really, Mm-mm. I don't really believe that. One. No, no. Um, another interpretation of Frank is that he is the same bunny man that Bonnie, that Donnie shot, and that after his death, his spirit has no longer bound by time. It's not uncommon for ghosts in movies to deliver warnings to the living. The difference with Frank is that he delivers his warning before he dies, lending Jake Gyllenhaal movies some real-life inspiration. Details from the philosophy of time travel support this theory, referring to particular. A particular type of spirit known as the manipulated dead. Mm. Um, let me see. Blah, 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 blah. Talks about Donnie saving his family, which is pretty much like the same thing I had mentioned. Uh, see, so yeah, so yeah, Frank doesn't die. Uh, Gretchen doesn't die. Uh, Donnie sacrifices himself. Um, you know, it's pretty much what I said earlier about like these persons, these people will not die, all that kind of stuff. Um, so lastly, it says in the section what the what the Donnie Darko ending really means. While Donnie Darko Donnie Darko's timeline is relatively straightforward, its ending is a little more ambiguous, particularly as it leaves it so much for the viewer to decide for themselves. However, the real takeaway from Donnie Darko's ending is the statement it makes about dimensions and how free will works within it. Mm. So yeah. Um, so a couple of things I'm gonna leave off before we close off the segment. One, they made a sequel called s darko i'm sure it's awful it is god awful uh another thing is i found out a couple days ago that richard kelly is trying to come back to this universe uh he's trying to expand on the whole donnie darko thing um from what i read that he wants to do like a series of prequels and then do a couple more following after donnie darko Mm. So he pretty much wants to make Star Wars of the Donnie Darko universe, <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing the S. Darko movie. He had like no involvement with it whatsoever. Mm. Um, I would like to see Richard Kelly come back to this world because he made two more movies that did not do well. Southland Tales, which is very confusing, but is very ambig- is very ambiguous. I'm oh, not ambiguous, uh, ambitious. And then he did one called The Box. Which is based off like this old short story. Mm-hmm. Really bad movie. Did not did do well at the box office at all. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like I said, that that the stuff about him coming coming back to the Donnie Dark universe has happened as as late as like last year. So, I believe he said that he wants to maybe turn it into like some type of like animated series or like Netflix series, which I'd be very interested in checking okay. out. Yeah, give us time to like expand on the story and everything like that. It also, it would be cool if they turned it into a series, like a regular series. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. same story again, but just as a series. I figure it kind of would be almost be like Stranger Things. Maybe. Yeah. I heard the last season of that was awful. Stranger Things? They just dropped a new trailer for, for the show. They're Not- like, it, it doesn't look retro like they had. The first one was like almost like an homage to the time. Yeah. And this one, they're like, it's just big budget and they just were going out with a bang. Yeah. I'm like really not feeling this like last seat, the latest trailer or the trailer for the for the last season. I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. Well, I'll have to wait and see. I know I'm going to watch it because it's Stranger Things. Anything else? No. Nicole, you're ready to fall asleep. I am.
I'm tired. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us for this week's show. Um, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Um, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews at yourentertainmentcorner.com, where Kelsey writes. You can find this episode on all podcast catchers. Um, next week, as Kelsey starts snoring into the mic. Uh, <laughs> Is that what I was doing? Her. <laughs> uh, so for next week, we are going to be reviewing um, Fantastic Beasts and the Secret. Uh, sorry. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, uh, which is in theaters Friday, April 15th. I'm actually curious about that movie now. Didn't see this. Didn't see the second one. I am because Mads Mikkelsen is in it. I think that's the one thing that's really attracted me to because I I love me some Mads Mikkelsen. Um, So with that, we're going to be doing our geriatric cinematic, which is 1977's Wizards. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to show Kelsey that movie. Um, that is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, and VOD and other VOD services. Uh, the terpic of that week will be wizardry with a sprinkle of genocide. Oh, sounds great. Mm-hmm. Give me a tasty meal. It's delicious all over. Yep. <sighs> so glad we got through this episode. Me too. I wasn't thinking about recording. I was gonna be. I was gonna say fuck it. Why bother? But I were you really? Yeah, like I, I said, I had a feeling you were kind of mad on recording. Well, like I said, my depression, my anxiety has been really, really been up there. Doesn't recording help you the way it does me? Sometimes, like you get talking and talking and talking, and gets the energy out. Mm-hmm. Like how you like get the energy out of you, and you start falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely has to do with you. Oh really? No. Lies. Ha, 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 ha.